The Young Jerks are sponsored by UFCW 1445, a labor union representing cannabis employees in Massachusetts. Currently, UFCW is holding a union election at NETA New England Treatment Access in Brookline, as well as at Mayflower. If you are a cannabis employee worried about your health and safety and are not being heard at work, call the union at UFCW local 1445.org or call them at 1-800-439-1445. Uh, Mike Crawford here, Young Jerks, special episode. We've been running for six years and not too often. Well, actually, lately it has happened. We've had some first, another first today because of our guests that we have here. We're really excited. Uh, Ed Markey, Senator Ed Markey, has been in office for over 30 years, since the early 1970s, uh, first in the Massachusetts State House and then in Congress, and now as the U.S. Junior Senator from the state of Massachusetts. Uh, he's pals with AOC. They have a Green New Deal that they've been working on. He's a Malden native, and he's fighting for workers and small businesses. Uh, he's running for re-election and has a strong challenger, Congressman Joe Kennedy. I'm really happy uh, to have him, uh, our first U.S. Senator on the show. That was That's a first for us today. Had congressmen, district attorneys, mayors, state reps, state senators, first U.S. Senator in office. I'm really happy about this to have uh, him be our first. Welcome, U.S. Senator Ed Markey. What's up? Uh, well, um, the uh, I, I, what's up are the people of our country. They're up out on the streets. Uh, they're, um, they're protesting. They're standing in solidarity um, with uh, all of those who believe that Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's the people are up. You know, Donald Trump is a uniter, not a divider. He is uniting. He's uniting people all across our country in a way they have not been united in a generation. So people are up. And that is a good news for our country because we have an election that's right over the horizon. And you can see this incredible, um, incredible uprising of people. I was over in Somerville about two weeks ago. Uh, at an incredible vigil uh, that was organized uh, in the aftermath of the murder of uh, George Floyd. Uh, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people over there. Uh, and I was, uh, I, I, was, I was glad I could be there uh, listening to all of those who wanted to speak about the need for us to have racial justice built into every single part of our society. So people are up. And, uh, and I'm so glad that, uh, you know, that, that uh, we're doing it in the immediate uh, prelude to fumigating Donald Trump and his racist policies, racist attitudes. Or let's just say he's a racist himself uh, and, uh, and ensuring that we don't agonize, but we organize. And so that's what makes me feel people good, that people are up and ready to go. It seems like it on all fronts, even for before even the Black Lives Matter and the COVID, it just like, you know, watching AOC get elected, Ayanna get elected. There's been so many movements lately, locally, nationally, that we're seeing where it seems like younger people, people of color, black people, 
are getting more active and you know starting to really grab power um so and now obviously with black lives matter and george floyd and everything else that's going on covid seems like anything's possible now is, is that the, is that the feeling in you know in congress as well or is that just well, us thinking that well no it's off it, 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 I, something's happening you know um you know, there's an old Buffalo Springfield song. There's something happening here. It ain't exactly clear. I think it is clear in this instance. I think that we've got this incredible change that's taking place. Um, I think, you know, the polling that we saw in the ABC <clears throat> uh, poll out yesterday that suburban white women are just getting more and more and more concerned about what Donald Trump is doing to the country every time he does a, he doesn't even dog whistle the racial um, message anymore. He just says it, okay? right. just absolutely not hiding anything. And so I think that we are, we're potentially going to run the table, win the presidency, win the Senate, uh, and I think maybe big, and win the House with many more seats. And then, then we'll have more people to uh, align with a progressive agenda. I was over in Mattapan, you know, Ayanna's congressional district runs from Mattapan over to Somerville. And I was over in Mattapan with her two days ago as we introduced our legislation for free public transit so that people can get on and off the train, the buses for free. Uh, we know it'll increase ridership for sure. Uh, but we also know that, um, that, um, uh, that it's it's an impediment uh, to people getting to the doctor, getting to their place of work. For someone that only makes $30,000 a year, uh, transportation costs a 30% of their income. So Ayana and I, we held our press conference two days ago, uh, introducing our legislation. And as you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and I introduced the Green New Deal in February of last year, and it it's created a revolution. People are up and uh, activated on climate change. And, uh, uh, and it's an army of sunrise, young people uh, partnering with older climate activists, uh, elevating this issue now to the top of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the list of issues that people are concerned with. We never really had this before. The Green New Deal was the catalyst. I'm very proud of my partnership with AOC in getting that done. And I'm very proud of her support for me in this race for the United States Senate as well. She's just been tremendous. And again, even there, we built into the Green New Deal. <clears throat> uh, it, it's only 14 pages long, but starting on page five, we just start to talk about the need to put the frontline communities at the front of the line, intersectionality. Uh, we talked about how uh, communities of color have always you know, uh, had more exposure to pollutants, as a result, more asthmas, and as a result, <clears throat> you know, very clearly, over in Chelsea, for example, the asthmas then make them more vulnerable to the coronavirus because it's a respiratory illness. So we built all of that in to the Green New Deal. Trump and Fox and a lot of people called it socialistic when we introduced it, but it actually looks like it's um, a prediction, a prediction of where we are today. Same thing, by the way, is true for the Medicare for all. Uh, it seems like, you know, too, because I am not anti-business. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally progressive left on issues. But, I, like, some people are, are totally anti, 
business completely, but I like small business. And I think that the Green New Deal and Medicare for All actually helps small business in, in, in ways that aren't even being talked about. Like, especially the Green New Deal, like that to me is like NASA. Like when, when we went to the moon, they invested in a project and it created all kinds of other businesses and opportunities and technology. And it seems like the Green New Deal would just be a great way, a powerful way to get people employed, to create new businesses. I, I don't get why people are against creating business too. I mean, that's another angle beyond just the public good. And, and like you said, it makes sense because that's our future here. This is, this is like a win-win. A, a it's almost like, you know, I don't, I don't understand the pushback against it. Do you, do you, like, what is the common pushback that you get against the Green New Deal? Money, money, money from oil, gas, and coal companies that pours into the Republican Party, pours in. They're probably the largest single source of funding. And so, you know, there's, a, there's an old saying, it's hard to understand something when you're paid not to understand it. And that's what the oil and gas industry do, the coal industry. They just pour all this money in and all of a sudden, all of these Republicans who went to fine universities can't understand science anymore. Just so hard to understand, you know, what is going on in science. And of course, you know, their kids understand it in junior high, in high school, but when uh, the, when the congressman or senator leaves for work, all of a sudden they lose any ability to be detached and analyze the, the threat. So that's why the army of activists coming over the hill are so important this year. And, and they're defending, the Republican Party always defends the biggest business in any fight. And so they're, they're like congenitally incapable of actually backing small businesses. So you are right. In the effort to collapse the oil, gas, and coal industry, we're going to have to create tens of thousands of smaller businesses, insulating homes, installing solar, wind, uh, inventing new technologies uh, that will be deployable to solve this problem. Uh, but just to do, let's just say, just to insulate, just to uh, make more efficient every public building, every private building in the United States, that's going to be millions of people. That's going to be small businesses all across the country hiring uh, people to and give them the skill set they need to go in and cut the energy consumption by 50% or 75% uh, in all of these buildings. So, so we, we it's a little bit like the internet where, you know, you can just have a, a cable company and a telephone company, or you can just with through net neutrality, which I'm the lead sponsor of in the Senate, just make sure that tens of thousands of smaller entrepreneurial chaotic you know, uh, economic interests can get online without having to beg for permission from the cable or the telephone company so that they can uh, create their new ideas. Well, the same thing's gonna be true in the clean energy sector, in the energy efficiency sector. Uh, we'll have smaller business people who will be out there doing all of the things we need to dramatically, in a telescope time frame, reduce the greenhouse gases uh, that are endangering our planet. Thank you, Senator. Um, COVID-19, I know you've been asking for more relief. Right now, there's been some reports coming out that people in July, like 30% of people that had a mortgage didn't pay their July bill, or, pop, or at least part of it, and that 36% of uh, renters didn't pay their July bill either. 
what's going to happen here? Is, is there going to be any more relief? It seems like a, I, I know it's not seems we know people have fallen between the cracks that, that, you know, there's at least a third of people who are struggling out there. What's going to happen? Well, first we have to understand, we have to uh, extend the unemployment benefit. That's 600 bucks a week from the federal government that has to get extended. That's July 31st. That's coming up in three weeks. So we have to make sure that we get that part done for sure. Um, and again, Mitch McConnell is going to be resisting this. Absolutely. But people need money in their pockets. But what Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and I did was about six weeks ago, we introduced new legislation uh, and we wanted to debate it. Uh, we're saying that every individual should get $2,000 a month uh, and that a couple $4,000. If they have a kid, $6,000, $2,000, $2,000, $2,000. So they have the money in their pocket to pay the rent. They have the money in their pocket to pay the mortgage. We'll get, they, it's not their fault we're in this crisis. It's not their fault it's getting worse, not better. Uh, Donald Trump ignored the science. He's been criminally negligent since January and not putting the protections in place. And who's going to suffer? Well, ordinary families are going to sure. suffer. You know, regular people are going to suffer. So what Kamala and Bernie and I are saying we're the three co-sponsors of, of this legislation, is that we've got to provide cash into the pockets of everyone in the country until we get through the whole pandemic. Uh, otherwise, there's going to be a catastrophic uh, impact on families, and it begins right with where you live. You know, do you have enough money to pay your rent, your mortgage, or your food bill? And, uh, and that's the essential. That's what it's all going to come down to. And my feeling is very strongly that it's the job of the federal government to provide this income for families. Uh, it's, it's like the New Deal. It took a while. Herbert, we had a fumigate um, Herbert Hoover because he didn't understand that and bring in FDR to help us get through the depression. Uh, now we need to do the same thing and just ignore Donald Trump. So here's my hope, uh, Michael. My hope is that uh, these red state senators and congressmen are going to come back in a panic. The, the ones that six weeks were saying, oh, it's a blue state problem. Why should we be helping? Right. Well, now I think I just saw in the paper, it's now up to uh, 66,000 new cases yesterday. That's right. Predominantly in the red states. We'll be back in another 10 days. And I'm going to be crossing over asking these Republicans to do something. We need help. We need help. We do. Families. We need people that stay home too. I mean, when you're when you're like when you're under that, and it's it happened in your state. We need to encourage people to stay home. I mean, really, unless you're essential service, like that's a way to do it. That's how other countries have done it. That's why they got it under control. Like this, this totally makes sense. You can't leave people behind. Um, we have a lot of other questions too. We only have a limited time. Uh, we also, I think, have. Uh, uh, Grant is our producer today. Oh, I actually want to mention it's your birthday today, Senator Markey. I found out. Is it Thank your birthday? You, Michael. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. And you're doing our show today. That's like awesome. You're working on your birthday. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And, uh, and it's 7 11, July 11. So I always felt good about uh, my birthday, 7 11, you know, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and and thank you so much, and thanks to everybody out there who has been sending me best wishes today. Thank you. Much right, and, and uh, we, we got notified uh, of that from uh, Cannabis Control Commissioner Shalene Title. She has a question that uh, she wants us to ask. We may get to that in a minute, but I also know that uh, 
Uh, Grant Smith is our producer, and we have Fabricio da Silva, uh, who is with UFCW 1445. They're actually our sponsor. We've been doing a lot of work with them around uh, cannabis workers and unionizing, but they also represent a lot of the stop and shop workers. Um, so I was hoping to bring him in to, to kind of talk to you because I know that you've been supporting the stop and shop workers uh, on the hazard pay. We have Fabricio there. Fabricio, are you here? I'm here. Uh, we have Senator Markey here as well. Do you want to say, I know you probably want to talk to Senator Markey or thank him. Uh, what do you yes. have to say? Yeah, no, uh, I, I've been watching the, uh, the podcast and the live feed here. Want to say uh, thank you to Senator Markey for all the support he's been giving our local 1445 over the hazard bay. Uh, showing up at our uh, press conference there in South uh, Fernando Limas, and uh, we appreciate him uh, uh, getting in the front lines of this problem and supporting our cause for our stopping shop workers and grocery workers in general here in Massachusetts. Um, thank you, Fabricio, and. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael, a couple of days ago, I was over there at the uh, at the Stop and Shop, and we had a big press conference, uh, as Fabricio was saying, with, uh, with uh, Fernando, who uh, is uh, in charge of the union right now. We had a great rally over there. All the Boston TV cameras came, and what Stop and Shop has decided to do is to talk, take away the hazard pay. Well, you walk inside the market, everyone's wearing a mask. Right. Behind the meat counter, the deli, cash register, they're all wearing masks. And then in, in coming all these people, you know, walking in, exposing these workers who have to be there to provide the food for us. They're essential workers. We, we can see now who the essential workers are. And, and, uh, and, and they deserve hazard pay. You know, people are going to grab their bags and go home and probably not go out for the rest of the day. Whereas these workers are going to be there all day long being exposed to absolutely everyone who's coming in. So from my perspective, I look over at what MIT is saying, what the CDC is saying, uh, which is that there could be 10 times as many cases out there as are being reported because we don't do the t we're not doing testing for everyone. And people could be walking into the supermarkets asymptomatic, very easily walking in asymptomatic. So the numbers you see on TV, how many new cases? Well, that's the cases we tested. Well, what about all the people we haven't tested, which is the vast majority of the 7 million people in Massachusetts? So, uh, so 1445 is over there protesting, and I'm with them. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the goal that we have to have is to make sure that we're rewarding and protecting those essential workers. And it's unconscionable that, that, um, that Stop and Shop would take away uh, that extra bonus pay. These people are risking their lives for us. Uh, they're taking the risk for themselves and their families for us. And we have an obligation to take care of them. Right. And, uh, and that's why I'm out there and standing with 1445. And uh, were you over there, Fabricio? Yes, I was, Senator. So uh, what yeah. you talk about, tell, why don't you talk a little bit about that scene over there at the supermarket? 
Yeah. Uh, so when we were getting ready for the uh, our press conference slash rally, you know, a lot of management came out and they're wondering, you know, what are you guys going to do? It's going to be a big rally. We're going to have space. And we said, we don't know what we're going to do. Okay. This just, we're here to make sure that our message gets out loud and clear and make sure that the customers understand what you and your team uh, have decided in this case, management and, you know, CEOs and whoever else out there uh, that while you're requiring people to come and wear a mask, uh, yet your workers are going to be losing hazard pay. Very un-American to do on July 4th, by the way, right? They could have done this at any time. They could have done it this week. They could have done the week before. But yeah, they choose the holiday of July 4th, okay? Uh, where we know that regardless of a pandemic, a lot of people come to the store to shop, right? And yet they decide to do that on that day. On a day they were supposed to be celebrating, uh, they decide to make a move that is so disappointing, not just because these are union members, these are just workers in general, right? right? They are local 1445 members, but uh, these workers in the grocery stores uh, who many times are seen as less than other workers uh, now have this, uh, this situation where, you know, we call them heroes all the time, but yeah, we don't treat them like heroes. And right. that's just unacceptable for us, uh, whether you are in the union or not. But obviously, top and shop workers have a union. They are very strong, strong union members. And we know that what we do here in Stop and Shop will get replicated on the non-union world as well. And that's what we're fighting for all workers in Massachusetts, not just uh, stopping shop uh, grocery workers, but every grocery store here in the States should be or should continue to receive hazard pay. And I, I will say one last thing that when stopping shop responded on their statement, they said that this was a, uh, uh, a bonus to say thank you to these workers due to the high volume of customers coming right. into the stores. This wasn't because there was a high volume or because they're working harder. These workers work harder every day. They work hard every day serving our communities. They need to understand this was a dangerous situation, okay? Continues to be uh, dangerous. This isn't just a good job bonus. As a matter of fact, it's not even enough for the amount of work that these workers and the amount of risks that they're taking for us, for my family and our communities around the greater Boston and the whole state. So. Uh, stopping shop really we're disappointed but um we're going to continue to uh to put the message out there and again thanking senator markey for being on this fight with us and anybody out there who wants to join and um, make sure that these workers are actually treated like heroes that we just don't call them heroes and let me just add fabricio that it's the same company that a year and a half ago was trying to break your union and right. uh uh, and uh, and you know the most gratifying part of that was because I was there with you, you know, at the Stop and Shop in South Bay and in Malden and Quincy. No matter where I went, and you know it was great. It was great seeing ordinary people say, "I'm not going to shop there. If you're going to hurt these workers, I'm not going to shop there." Yeah. And so there was like this incredible uh, coalition of customers and workers that broke stop and shop they broke them and like you're saying fabricio that then serves as an incredible model for the rest of the country it says that if you do stand up if you do fight uh, 
you can be successful. So that's why, you know, I'm so proud to always stand with uh, with the uh, UFCW 1445 uh, because you are you really do represent the workers who are most vulnerable and the ones that need the help the most. And my father was a local union leader uh, uh, when I was, uh, you know, a, a kid, and so it's just kind of um, a um, a very inspiring moment to be out there with you on those protests, but also all the attention we were able to draw to it, which I think we want to, we have to explain to people who the, who the essential workers are, who the heroes are. And, uh, and, and that is for sure all of the workers in your, uh, in your union. So thank you, Fabrizio. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, with the Young Jerks, that was uh, Fabricio De Silva. He's with UFCW 1445. We love them. Uh, we've been standing with Stop and Shop workers, too. There's a petition right now. I think it's over like 40,000 signatures that they gathered. So you can check that out. They're, you know, We share their links all the time on our Facebook group, but you can also find them on Facebook, UFCW 1445. If you haven't signed the petition, sign the petition, get their hazard pay restored. It got taken away on July 4th, all days. Um, also related to the UFCW fight, there's the cannabis issue. UFCW has been representing some cannabis workers at New England Treatment Access, uh, NETA. And we've, myself, I, I write for Dig Boston as well. And uh, through the show, we've been covering some worker safety issues at NETA for the last couple of years. And specifically, the Cannabis Control Commission doesn't seem to have the, the money to really investigate. They've started actually this week to find uh, some of the bigger players in cannabis for a variety of, of reasons. But New England Treatment Access, we've uncovered, we've interviewed more than 20 of their current or past employees about mold and other health and safety issues, serious health and safety issues. There's been um, an investigation, or not an investigation, a complaint filed uh, with OSHA there's been complaints filed with the Cannabis Control Commission. Nothing seems to get done. And we've talked to OSHA ourselves, as have some of the employees. And OSHA seems to have the stance that they're not going to get involved in cannabis and protecting <clears throat> cannabis workers because it's still federally illegal. And as a U.S. senator, I'm wondering if there's anything that you can do to kind of make sure that workers are protected with some federal agencies, whether it's OSHA or agriculture, I don't know which agency, but it seems like workers in the cannabis space don't have as much protections and it is kind of dangerous to grow indoors with with possible chemicals, with mold. uh, Employees are coming to reports of COPD from working at at these locations. Is there anything that you think OSHA can do or that you can even speak to OSHA to look at specifically NETA, but even all cannabis in general? Well, you know, uh, my father uh, worked in a factory, and uh, and he he had his uh, he had his uh, finger chopped off, you know, and then he'd say at the kitchen table, you know, Eddie, no OSHA. When I when he was working in these factories, that's why you need unions. That's why you need to, you know, have these safety agencies that are in place. But as we know. The Trump administration, as usual, is completely wrong. You know, they're they're uh, they're just refusing 
to uh, deal with the reality that marijuana should be legal, uh, that we should have standards, we should have banking institutions that are in place so it's not a cash business and people can regularize the, the, uh, the business itself. Uh, and, uh, and of course, <clears throat> uh, at, at the Department of Labor, they have uh, Antonin Scalia's son who's the Secretary of Labor, you know, uh, and it's just absolutely the, the most progressive set of individuals ever put in place in order to deal with um, workers' health, workers' safety. Uh, and by the way, my father used to use another finger to talk about uh, the company's bosses, okay, uh, <clears throat> to describe how he felt about them. So from my perspective, uh, this is another issue that's just right there on the ballot in November. It's on the ballot. You know, it, it, it's another reason why. We'll move very quickly. We'll move very quickly in January to uh, change these laws to make sure that there are national uh, protections which are put in place. But unfortunately, uh, Trump controls the discretionary use of these personnel, and they're kind of committed to uh, to keeping this crazy, non-scientifically based analysis of marijuana uh, front and center. And as a result, um, while I fight, along with Elizabeth Warren, in order to uh, protect the workers and to uh, make sure that we follow the science, uh, we're, we're, we're constantly confronted with this obstinate, obdurate opposition uh, from the Trump administration. It's just, again, we're, we're coming up to only four months before the fumigation. The election. I, I, hope you, I hope we can vote them out. I really do. Um, some people, though, I know, I'm not, I'm not even reading the comments yet, but I'm sure people are already commenting about Joe Biden and cannabis legalization because, you know, I, I know that everyone that's an elected federal official in Congress in Massachusetts supports cannabis. We've seen it. They, you know, you got, you, you mentioned Elizabeth Warren yourself. You guys vote the right way. But Joe Biden is basically saying he's not going to be for cannabis legalization. Do you think that he he will change that, or do you think that that's something he'll look at? I mean, especially since so many Democrats need, now seem to be supporting it. My opinion, Michael, we'll have the majority of the votes in the United States um, Senate, and I know Chuck Schumer has moved in that direction. He'll be the majority leader in January, so I think that we have. I think we'll have the votes to just move it. And uh, the science has moved there. So with or we, without the, with the, you're saying even without the president. I think what's going to happen on so many issues is that um, Congress is a stimulus response institution. And there's nothing right. more stimulating than what, what's happening out there on climate change, on cannabis. And after this election, it's going to be pretty clear what the basis of the, of the fumigation was. And that we need, uh, then we need to move on these policies and have our own, um, have our own 1933, our own New Deal in January. And marijuana and climate change will be a big part of that uh, change in our in our country. I hope people are listening, because I, I feel like that. But when to hear you say it the way you said it, because I know a lot of I'm from the cannabis community. I've been a medical cannabis, you know, advocate for a long time before it was legal, and I know a lot of our cannabis community don't like Trump, but they, they kind of don't like Joe Biden either. And they're, and they're holding it back because he won't support it. 
But I, I think you're so right. If, if, if Democrats win across the board, the Congress is just going to do it, and Joe Biden's going to have to go along with it. So can, can you see, up. you know, Michael, when, when, we, when, when we introduced uh, the Green New Deal, uh, it got poo-pooed in so many different circles. But guess what's happened since then? Now everyone has a Green New Deal. Everyone right. has their version of it. Every right. one of them is twice as much as they thought they were going to be supporting back when AOC and I introduced the bill. And because all issues go through three phases, political education, political activation, political implementation. So we're now through the political education on climate and marijuana. We're into the activation stage and in November, implementation. You know, we win the election and then we begin to just legislate on the floor on, the, on Medicare for all, on Green New Deal, marijuana, uh, just to move the country legislatively to where it already is right. operationally uh, in their lives and what they want to see have happen. Oh, I hope so. Medicare for all too is another big one. Um, but I, I want to go back to the cannabis issue because uh, this is uh, Commissioner Title had a question for us, but for you actually. Uh, and she wanted to know um, if you would support, if do you support right now, even though you're in Congress, but this could come before Congress, the U.S. Senate it could come before you, but in Massachusetts right now, there's a proposal to create a loan fund uh, with tax revenue for loans for economic empowerment applicants. Would you, do you support that idea to take money to support the disproportionately harmed as applicants in the industry? You mean applicants in order to have their own license? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, again, that's just a further, that's just another variation off of what the Green New Deal is saying about putting the frontline communities at the front exactly. Line. So it's just the same exact principle. And, and we have to be intentional to say, yeah, we're going to create the policies to make that happen. Apparently Malden has done this. I don't know. You're from Malden. That's right. And that's, and Shaleen's from Malden too. You guys have something in common. Do you know Shaleen title, commissioner title? Uh, are you on there, Shaleen? I don't know. She's not on here right now on the, on the call. We should have got yeah, well, her. Well, yeah, she, I'm sure she's listening. I, 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 sure. I'd love to, I want to know what street she's on today. I'm going to go out and take my little, gonna, I try to get in five miles a day wearing my mask to get my exercise. So I'd love to know. You uh, want to do a meetup with her later? I, yeah. So I, are you well, watching? We can organize that. We, we can definitely organize that. I'm sure she's great. in the comments. We'll, we'll figure that out. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's awesome. Well, Michael, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yes, for thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Grant, for organizing this thing technologically today. Uh, and uh, I much, much appreciate uh, your, uh, your, your activism, your progressivism, your voice. And uh, this is exactly what democracy should look like. And uh, I, I thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, I have one speed round question. I know I got to let you go. We're over time. Yeah, and, and I, I also I, want to ask you another question. Would you, will you come back on the show, number one? And number two, federal expungement for just, you know, crimes, especially cannabis crimes. Okay, you, number one, yes, I'll come back on number two. Yeah, we, 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 we criminalized, you know, uh, these low-level drug issues for too long. We just, Cory Booker, Cory Booker and I, Cory's going to be up here and endorsing me this week. Uh, and he has something called the Next Step Act, uh, which I'm his co-sponsor on it, uh, which goes to this expungement issue. You know, we, we just can't have people walking around for the rest of their lives uh, with, uh, with something that uh, should not have been a crime. And so, yes, the answer is 
Absolutely, yes. And Cory Booker and I are going to be talking about that this week, actually. I want to thank you so much. You got to everything I had on my list. I had a huge list, and you got it to them all quickly. And the allotted time, and gave us extra time. I'm really happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Senator Ed Markey. I hope you enjoy the rest of your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. I appreciate it, Michael. And uh, thanks to everybody out there. Stay safe. Stay distant. Wear your masks. We've got to be the leaders. We've got to protect the essential workers. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Senator. Uh, Mike, you're still on. I'll remove the senator. Uh, we're still live. Mike Crawford here, Young Jerks. We just uh, spoke to Senator Ed Markey. A first for me, having uh, the senator on the show. It was a quick half hour. He gave us a few more minutes. That was good. We got a lot of questions in. I'm just looking at your comments. I don't know if there are any comments. Anyone has anything to say about it. But uh, I was impressed. I liked, uh, yeah, I, I definitely liked it. I'm one, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should even wrap it up. I mean, he basically got to uh, the health and safety. He was interested in that, you could tell, um, about uh, workers' rights. Definitely is pro-workers' rights, pro-cannabis. I really liked his uh, feedback on what will happen if the Democrats do win, that they will get all of this done. Uh, just no matter what Joe Biden is saying about cannabis legalization, I think that, I think that was a really good insight. Uh, again, we are the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. You can find us on podcasts, Apple, iTunes, anywhere you find your podcasts. If you like us a lot, uh, rate and especially review us on those platforms. We're also on midnightmass.substack.com. You can subscribe to us there. But uh, yeah, we're on Twitter now as well at the Young Jerks. And obviously our Facebook page. You can watch us live when we do our live shows on Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, that was a really good interview. I'm really happy to interview Ed Markey. Tomorrow, there is a special Mass Can meeting, a general members meeting. I will be there. Grant Smith will also be there. A lot of our community will be there. It's at Salem Willows. It's outside. Please wear a mask. If you want to help uh, the cause, you could bring some ice and some refreshments and water. Uh, since the latest news broke that Bill, Bill Flynn has uh, done something to the Mass Can bank account, Things are not looking good over there for Bill Flynn. Uh, a lot of us are going to be out over there to uh, ask Bill Flynn to resign from Mass Can Normal for a number of reasons that we've uh, laid out in our recent podcast. We're the Young Jerks. I will see you on Sunday. I hope, I hope people show up tomorrow. Sunday at noon, Salem Willows, Salem, Massachusetts. I also want to thank uh, Fabricio De Silva for calling in from UFCW 1445. He had a good call. And I want to ask our listeners, our viewers, to sign that petition. Support restoring hazard pay for stop and shop workers. I also want to thank Grant Smith running the board for us tonight, or today, since it's noon. And I especially want to thank Senator Ed Markey for taking the time with us. You can find out much more information on his campaign online, on Twitter, and Facebook. He's also got a website. And I want to thank uh, Liz Bach uh, for booking it from the Ed Markey campaign today. And I also want to thank our friend Mara Dolan for making the connection. She's awesome. We're the Young Jerks. We will be back soon. I don't know when we pop up, when, uh, whenever we feel like it. But again, if you're, if you're looking to catch up and you miss anything, you can always catch us on the replay on Facebook or Twitter or on iTunes, where I like to listen to everything podcasts are big if you're walking dogs you don't want to watch the video you want to catch up on everything that we do hit up our itunes or stitcher or wherever you find your podcast 
All right, I'm Mike Crawford. I'm out of here. We will see you soon. The Young Jerks are sponsored by UFCW 1445, a labor union representing cannabis employees in Massachusetts. Currently, UFCW is holding a union election at NETA New England Treatment Access in Brookline, as well as at Mayflower. If you are a cannabis employee worried about your health and safety and are not being heard at work, call the union at UFCW local 1445.org or call them at 1-800-439-1445.